0: So thanks uh, to um, you both for joining us today. We're going to have a conversation um, about uh, Brianna Taylor and what happens, what has happened to her and her family in Louisville. Um, this is a critical situation that's ever changing. Um, and it was—it's a good opportunity to bring folks together who know what's happening, who know what's—who know what's happening on the ground, who have information about the case. So, so pleased that we are joined today um, by Tamika Ball- Mallory, the co-founder of Until Freedom. And Lenita Baker, an attorney with Aguiar, injury lawyer, and the, she's the um, attorney for um, Brianna Taylor's family. So, thank you both. Um, very sorry that it has to be under these circumstances. This case is um, traumatizing all of us, it's, it's horrible. Um, we felt like we've just been hearing about. Um, all of these things that are happening in the media right now with Sean Reed, with Nina Pop, um, with Ahmad, and it's just, just been one thing after the next. Uh, we're dealing with a pandemic. Um, and then we hear about our sister Brianna and with her beautiful loving smile. Um, and we hear the story and we're just sucker punched again. And it's just, it it sometimes feels overwhelming, like how much more can we take? And so, um, but, you know, we, we're stepping up. We got to do this again. Um, We have, we need justice for Brianna. We have to um, just do the thing. And I'm so glad that both of you are here to talk to us about what we can do, give us more details about the case, tell us how the family's doing. So um, let's just start right off with um, just what happened. So
1: on March in the early mornings of March 13th of this year, Brianna Taylor was at home with her boyfriend Kenny Walker. They were asleep when they uh, were awakened by uh, someone banging in their door. Not knowing who it was, um, Kenny did he fired a shot which happened to hit who we ne- who he later learned was um, Metro Pol- local Metro police officer. Kenny fired one shot. In response to that one shot, three police officers berated their uh, Brianna's apartment with bullets. Um, She had gotten out of the bed to to see, you know, they obviously both had gotten out to see what was going on. So Brianna was in the hallway, uh, in a corner in her hallway, and you know, I I walked through that apartment shortly after her death, and you just see a pool of blood, um, just where she collapsed after being hit eight times. Um, These officers were shooting from outside into the home uh, through windows that are covered by blinds, uh, curtains. They could not see what they were shooting at. Uh, 25 to 30 bullets entered Brianna's apartment. Not only did they go into her apartment, they went into a neighboring apartment through the wall where a five-year-old slept and his pregnant mom. Uh, And they also went through the ceiling into the apartment upstairs. Brianna has a little sister who li- who lives with her. Thankfully, her little sister was out of town that day because if she was at home, um, Tamika Palmer, Brianna's mom, would have lost both of her daughters that day because her room had the most amount of bullet holes in it. Um, so I have no doubt that she would have been hit. Kenny was arrested for attempted murder for shooting a police officer. And mind you, he didn't have the intent to shoot a police officer. He thought he was scaring off a burglar. Mm -hmm. um, Justifiably, this is a no-knock warrant. So that's one issue, is that no-knock warrant in the middle of the night. Do we not have a right to protect our home? Right. Um, they didn't announce themselves, um, and I don't know when they announced themselves. I do know there's video afterwards. If you just hear Kenny saying, "I didn't know it was y'all," I didn't know it was y'all, indicating that had they known it was the police, a, a totally this would have been a totally different outcome. Um, we filed suit in the middle of April, uh, a civil suit against the three officers involved. Um, I guess go back when um, Kenny had also called Brianna's mom. So he called 911 Mm -hmm. uh, during this exchange. She also called her mom and said, you know, someone tried to break in. And I think they shot Brianna. His phone went dead. She's frantic and tried to call Brianna to see what happened. Um, Brianna's not answering. So she did what any mother would do in the middle of the night, got in her car drove to her daughter's house. She sees a bunch of police cars, um, she tries to say, you know, she tries to tell them I need to get there. You know, something's happened to my daughter. They send her They like, Oh, we, your daughter went in one of the ambulances, go to the hospital. So she went to the hospital where in talking to the medical personnel, um, multiple people were like, we don't have that name here. She's like, no, they said they brought my daughter here. So after a couple of hours, they finally confirmed your daughter's not here. She goes back to, um, Brianna's house where she approaches other officers. And they um, are kind of giving her the runaround. They ask her, you know, would Brianna or Kenny have any enemies? Do you know anyone who would want to hurt them? And she's like, no, like they don't do anything. Like they're good people. Uh, And by all accounts, everyone that we've talked to, neighbors, coworkers, anyone that knew Brianna, like her smile would light up a room. She was just one of the friendliest people you would ever meet. Um, And so her mom's shocked, like, why would you ask me a question like that? Like, what's going on? They disappeared again, came back hours later, and she finally like, what's going on? And then they asked her at that point, like, well, would Brianna and Kenny have uh, been having issues? Could you know something be going on with them? And she's like, no, they were just fine, like nothing. He would never do anything to her. And she's like, where's my daughter? And at that time is when the officer goes, oh, Brianna's still in the house. Not even saying she's deceased, just like she's in the house, but she knew just based off of what Kenny had said. And this happened. So, mind you, the raid happened between 1230 and 1am. 1 By this time, it's already daylight outside. She said it was like 11 o'clock to noon when they finally tell her she's in the house. So she knew what, ha- you know, she knew the inevitable had happened. Um, we, they've not gotten any answers from LMPD since this time when we filed the lawsuit, of course, um, still, you know, they're, they're typed up and their reason for being typed up is because there's a PIU, PSU investigation. And I don't know if, you know, from, at least in Louisville, and I'm, I would assume it's the same way there. Once there's a PIU or um, PSU investigation, they don't provide any details of anything. That's their way to, to not be transparent. Although we also see that when they know they're in the right or when they believe they're in the right, they're quick to share whatever information they think would justify what they did. But we've not gotten anything. The first time that we saw the, the search warrant was yesterday after they released it to the media. But we couldn't get it as the family or the family. But after, you know, they, they feel a hit dog will holler, right? So after they feel attacked, they then produce a search warrant um, for the apartment. We knew that this, we, we, we never disputed. And I know there's some sources that say that they went to the wrong house. We always felt that the search warrant was executed. It was supposed to be for Brianna's apartment. We didn't know the reasons given because it was the primary suspect of the search warrant uh, is an ex-boyfriend of Brianna. So there wasn't that much contact there. So we're like, well, why would they? And I used to be a prosecutor, so. Some of my background, I'm like, why would they have probable cause to search her house? Like what, what led to those? So we finally got that information in the warrant. I still think that suspect, even from being a former prosecutor, that warrant was very vague um, right. and was not enough to justify a no-knock warrant on Brianna's apartment. Their primary, uh, the primary target of their investigation was already in custody when they went into Brianna's mm-hmm. home, further right. negating the need for a no-knock warrant. Right. Um, And I mean, at the end of the day, Brianna should still be here.
0: It's unbelievable to hear these details that we know and that are familiar, um, but is hard to hear every single time. It is devastating um, to know the way people are treated and um, that the family is disregarded in such a way and okay. so what what is is there what's the history of the relationship what's the what is there a disconnect between I can only imagine the answer but what is the history of the relationship between black people and the Louisville municipality what, what's what's the history
1: so um this is but one incident involving Louisville metro and communities of color um, I also represent a client who was the victim of um, basically racial profiling. There's no way around it. He was an 18-year-old young man driving his car. He made a right turn. They pulled him over. They pulled him out of his car for no, but simply because his mom had called, and he was like, Mom, I'm putting you on speakerphone. And he tells him, my mom's on speakerphone. They pulled him out of his car, bring a drug dog, search his car, have him handcuffed on the side of the road for nearly an hour, only to find nothing after. I mean, and 18-year-old, and his mom's a private investor, He knew, no, you don't have consent to search my car. Um, why did, like, ask him, why are you patting me down? What have I done? They're not giving anything. Turns out that was part of their uh, strategy of um, one of the divisions here. Uh, People Person Narcotics Unit, um, which was supposed to be combating violent crime by pulling randomly pulling people over. And, and basically, in policy, it says, use these traffic stops to find drugs and narcotics on people and guns. Um, from the chief's own mouth, only 1 in 10 of those stops turned up anything criminal. And when we say 1 in 10, some of that was just personal use marijuana. Right. Yeah. So sounds like you guys have your own stop and frisk there. Yes. Mm. Uh, they since changed the, because they got a lot of heat for that. They changed the policy, but it's still not. You can change the policy, but it doesn't change behavior necessarily. Mm. So. Mm. Um,
0: right. So, so what happens next? Tamika, what do we do next? Because this is obviously a part of a big systemic issue to dehumanize us, to criminalize us, um, to make us afraid, uh, to strip us of our dignity and our freedom. Um, what happens now? Because we want, you know, we have to do something. <laughs> but we, this can't continue. What, what happens now?
2: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having um, me to be on. And I've found uh, working with Lenita and Attorney Baker to be a really incredible union, because when you say, what do we do now? I think that the strategy cannot be the grassroots movement in one silo, the attorneys in another silo, and of course, you know, them working with the family. We all have to be working together. We need a set of demands that will help not only the case, but the attorneys also have to understand the importance of ensuring that their case is a part of the larger narrative of what's happening in the community. And certainly Attorney Baker gets that. Uh, and that is something that we're 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 working together on. Um, I think one, you can't be silent. So whatever your strategy may or may not be, sitting at home or you know, just feeling sorry for uh, Brianna Taylor's family, uh, Tamika Palmer, her mom and her sister Janiyah is not enough. We have to, as a community, ensure that we're raising our voices and that we never allow this particular police department and all the local authorities to think that they're going under the radar. That's it right. is so unfortunate that for two months, um, we didn't know that this even happened. And now here we are, sort of you know getting in on the back end to try to come and bring attention to something that should have been an outrage from the moment that it happened but unfortunately as has been said there are so many cases that we're trying to address across this country and so many issues that's happening in the middle of a pandemic that you often forget different things that, that, you know, that's happening, I think that, or, or, or are unable to address all of the issues. When I think about the demands that I saw from the Black Lives Matter Louisville um, chapter, and I think about the demands here in New York City, in terms of transparent investigation, in terms of firing officers who commit, Uh, uh, these types of offenses against people in our community and the list goes on and on. The list and the demands are the same across the nation. They don't change. They may have some nuance that fits the particular area. So New York doesn't have a Commonwealth attorney as Louisville does, but we have district attorneys, right? The, the, The demands for a clear, swift, Transparent investigation are, is so important. The other piece of it is, even in a state where we know, in, in Kentucky, that it's highly democratic, right? There are lots of Democrats in office across the state. And we saw that the governor uh, spoke out. He basically called on the local authorities to do their job and to be transparent and ensure that there's justice for Breonna Taylor, right? Um, that's great. but it's not a, it, we have now figured out that the, this is not a red and blue situation anymore. It's no longer whether you have Democrats or Republicans, because even in those times when we do have people who are in the Democratic Party, we still find that these incidents are able to happen and that the courts, the system is stacked against us. So we have to be in the mindset of not electing, hiring people who are from a particular party but of a particular interest and I know that right now with with uh, brother Mott Ard- uh, Aubrey and uh, the cases that we see on TV or on our social media for out of New York where we've had massive brutality issues to happen over the last few weeks in the name of social distancing people have a hard time hearing that voting can potentially solve the issues that we're dealing with and I don't think that that is just that 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 is the end-all be-all but all of these things have to happen together we can't have people in elected office who don't have our interests and even when we put people in office if we don't continue to show up and ensure that we challenge them to do what it is that our communities demand then we have wasted our time going to the polls so that's Mm -hmm. one. The second piece is how we're spending our money. How we're spending our money. We, we're, you know, I don't think that Kentucky, I, I'm, I'm almost certain, LaNita, that K- Kentucky was never shut down, right? We, You guys um, didn't have a shut down. We've
1: been shut down. We're not a, a strict stay at home, but we have been keep your butts in the house. Right, okay. So
2: <laughs> as we are, the country is beginning to open in phases in different places. There has to be some consideration given to the idea that we spend and we don't get anything in return, right? We don't get the type of respect for our communities that we deserve. And I think we've got to have some real conversations about how we're going to take our money and put it into things that interest our communities. So whether we're funding elected officials, campaigns, fights, that are specifically going to be of benefit to us. I know that uh, that, uh, there was a fundraising effort uh, led by, I think it was Sean King and some other folks to get monies to help support Kenny Walker. Mm -hmm. Kenny Walker is at home on uh, house arrest For shooting what he thought was an intruder who he thought was an intruder in his home without the appropriate monies that he needs to have the right legal defense he is on house arrest and has been charged with attempted murder against an officer which is a very serious serious crime that can send him away for a long time so when we're thinking about what you know whether we're going out and we need to order everything that you can think of everything under the sun you know everybody's at home we on amazon you get a box a day two boxes a day perhaps we don't need to be doing that but what we should be doing is ensuring that we are pooling our resources to take care of our communities and there's a lot more that can be said at some point we have to figure out how to how to provide as uh, sister Chanel from BLM Louisville said community safety for ourselves where we do not need police officers on the ground in our communities uh, interacting with us and enforcing things that we can in fact do on our own in New York City we have a, a management system called crisis management where we have anti-violence workers who are funded by the city and other private corporations to go out and do first line work. Not frontline, but first line work to get there before officers and try to do that work. And we have to have the same, what about a world where those office, the, the community folks could have said, okay, you want this brother to turn himself in give us 24 hours to bring him to you. Our sister Brianna Taylor would be with us today if we had the opportunity to do that work for ourselves. So, you know, we talk all day about it. I think there's a lot of steps that we have to take, but there's some very, uh, there's some things that we could do right now to try to address some of the disparities and the issues, the brutality that we see happening to our people. That's One right. thing
1: I want to add on to is um, the election the election point. One, we got to make sure that we're voting in primaries. We get so used to just at the end, and, and most of us are typically going to lean Democrat, right, for most races. But we got to make sure we're getting the right Democrat out of primaries. But two, in regards to this case specifically, Kenny Walker was placed on home incarceration by Judge Olu Stevens. Who in the past has taken a lot of heat in our community is an African American judge. He did the right thing in this case. He actually heard what Kenny's attorney was saying about Kenny believing this was a home uh, home invasion. um, Going through what happened, not every judge would do that. Uh, Prior to Judge Stevens releasing him on home home incarceration, Kenny had a two hundred fifty thousand full cash bond. So. But for a courageous judge, he would still be in custody on that $250,000 bond, no doubt. Yeah. Just the fact that someone set it at $250,000, knowing that he could never make that amount of a bond, right? The, the primary target that, that they were looking for, he was bonded out already while he still sitting in, in custody. Oh. So you got someone that never had any criminal record, and you're holding him because he thought he I mean, he was acting in self-defense, rightfully acting in self-defense. So uh, in those judicial elections, our, in Kentucky, our judicial elections are nonpartisan. We gotta make sure that we're learning about these individuals, who they were as attorneys, you know, um, because that's gonna tell a lot of how they are as a judge and, right, right. and yeah.
0: Yeah, paying attention to the full ticket, not just being distracted by that top ticket is very important because those are the people who make the decisions for us on a day-to-day basis. Um, So what are the demands in this case? What do we need? Who do we need it from?
1: Um, One is the transparent investigation, as uh, Tamika talked about. We definitely want a transparent investigation. It's not sufficient anymore to say, oh, we're investigating it. Well, what are you doing? Right. Um, Today, we were actually shocked that the chief of police himself came out and said he wants the FBI to review the P.I.U.'s investigation. So the mayor and. Chief of Police asked for the federals to the federal government to investigate FBI and u s attorneys um, one um, that the officer fired and two that they' be prosecuted to the full extent of the law mm-hmm. um, and here recently we are calling on the Chief of Police to resign because of his repeated accident and bold he's very bold in the actions that he takes against communities of colors, and then nonchalant when his others uh, are accused of wrongdoing and commit wrongdoing. You know, it's right. been scandal after scandal with the Louisville Metro Police Department. Why does he still have a job? And Mayor Fisher, if you're not going to force, if he doesn't resign, and you're not going to fire him. Then Mayor, maybe it's time for you to go too. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then the 911 tape.
1: Right. Yeah. Release the 911 tape. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking to make sure because I've
0: been. Yeah. Yeah. And so and where should where do we send people? So we we BLM BlackLivesMatter.com, we have a call to action. we we have a um, a link to Justice for Brianna, fightforbrianna.org. Where else should we go?
1: So right now the Commonwealth Attorney's Office, at uh, Tom Wine's office is prosecuting Kenny Walker so that office you would want to talk to in regards to actions and, and asking for Kenny's case to be dismissed mm-hmm. uh, the Attorney General's office which is Daniel Cameron is now and has in its um, possession the investigation of the police officers so on a state level it's the um, it's Daniel Cameron's office Attorney General mm-hmm. and if the US attorney uh, picks it up that's Rus- Russell Coleman here so.
0: And how does that help? So if people call, if people send emails, how does it help?
1: Um, just knowing that we are watching them and we're not right. going to let this go, you know, slide under the rug. It's that political pressure. That, with the exception of the U.S. attorney who's appointed, the rest of those are elected officials. So that is right. the political pressure. We are the people that will put them in office or remove them from office. So, um,
0: yeah, we're, we are watching. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I wanna I wanna end with just hearing a little bit more about um, Brianna, um, who she was, um, and a bit more about her family and how
2: her family's doing. You know, I don't, I can't. Obviously, I'm not the one that can speak to this, but I will say that I think there is some irony in um, just understanding that Brianna Taylor, as an EMT, was out here doing the work that these police officers are doing they ought to be ashamed um Mm -hmm. and deeply troubled and remorseful for what they did to this young sister who is in fact a colleague and a peer of theirs Mm -hmm. that she is out here dealing with the very people at the very time that these officers are also putting their lives on the line Mm -hmm. by being out there as a a first responder to this COVID-19 nightmare that we've been living through. And to know that this young sister, who was doing it all right, right, our mayor, I mean, our police commissioner in New York City is so crazy that he actually said today or yesterday in a press conference, He said, you know, these people that you're, you know, that we're basically upset about because the disparities in the numbers, we look, we're looking at the data out of 40 people who were arrested, 34 of them were black for, for not properly socially distancing of 374 summonses that were given out 370 of them, um, Mm -hmm. were black. So we're not talking crazy stuff here, ladies. No, we, those are you know, numbers. We're, <laughs> we're talking numbers, numbers. That's like. I heard that you, mess. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Cause you know, when you when you are when you're angry and you just saying we think it's wrong and you know, all of that, they say, well, the numbers don't represent your thoughts and what have you, and you all are just, you know, talking. No, we're speaking data, your data. They put the data out right? And he basically began to talk about black on black crime. He said, you know, I'm, I, you know no disparities exist in everything, but no one wants to talk about the disparities in the murder rate and robberies, okay? He also said the same people that you all are upset about from 10-second videos, which means that he is ignoring the fact that these people are not on video camera. They are living this in their everyday lives. This is their everyday experience. Experiences, but he says in 10 second videos, you all are upset, but you don't understand that these are gang members. Oh, please, I can't. Everyone he said they fight (laughs) with everyone. He all these things. So let's just say that that's the profile of the black men and some young women that have experienced the brutality around social distancing in New York. Brianna Taylor was everything but that. Right. She, She was in her home resting Mm -hmm. she was did you go back to work (laughs) that's right she was she was an emt worker she was a daughter she was a sister she was a friend and she was killed in her home similar to our sister tatiana jefferson whose life was also taken in her home and something has got has to be done about it and we cannot and this is the last thing i'll say but this is my call to us as black folks and brown folks and people of color and even our white allies and others who claim they care about us. We cannot run for, as attorney Benjamin Crump would say, for Brother Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey and not stand up for Breonna Taylor and other Black women who have lost their lives or who have suffered state violence in this country. We are too quiet when it comes to Black women. And we must stand for this sister and every single woman who has experienced anything like this and their families. So that's why we're involved from Until Freedom's perspective. And we will continue to stand up and call Breonna Taylor's name. Yes, thank you. you.
1: One demand I forgot, and I want to make sure I say that one because it's national, not just a Kentucky. Is we have to ban the practice of no-knock warrants. Yes, because killing too many innocent people. It's dangerous for police officers. It's dangerous for our people. Um, so we have to put an end to no-knock warrants. But Brianna Taylor, um, to hear her family and friends talk about her, she she was just she lit up a room when she came came in. She is very family oriented. She wanted to be a NICU nurse, and it's it's a shame that this young 26-year-old was not able to achieve that dream. Um, There was a story today of um, a a gunshot survivor, gunshot wound survivor, who she actually treated when he was going through rehab. And he said just her spirit was so positive that he, he, like when he heard the news that she had, and he helped her she helped him so much to, uh, through his therapy that when he heard the news that she had passed in this manner he was just like he was floored and just you know wish he could have done something because of how much of a influence and positive influence she was on him so for wow. some way he's like she he's like you could tell she wasn't doing the, this job for the money but right. she did it truly because she wanted to help people so that's Brianna Taylor you know
0: Thank you for that. And, and just thank you for this for what you're doing. Um, we uplift the family. We hold the family um, and with love and strength. Um, we, we heal through this. Uh, we thank you both for the work that you're doing. We thank um, BLM Louisville for the work that they're doing and all the folks on the ground um, who are keeping an eye on this and making sure that Uh, Brianna gets the justice that she deserves. Um, And it's just, we're just tired of these stories and it it hurts so bad and it's just, it has to stop because um, we don't deserve this. Brianna doesn't deserve this, neither do the countless other people that don't have names whose names are not in the media who we don't talk about all the time. We don't deserve this and we 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 have to keep going and and try to stay strong but um thank thanks you. again for this time um thank together. you thank you so thank you. very much kayla appreciate it have a good night you too